Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of your favorite Ravens YouTube channel and podcast, Talking Ravens All Day, Every Day, with your host, Justin P. Uh, this is episode 26 uh, for the YouTube channel and for the audio version. It's uh, season one, episode 28. You know, all the available links are in the description at the uh, bottom below. So, you know, I don't got to run them down to you. <laughs> you can literally see them. Today, got a special guest, uh, uh, another guy who does a lot of, uh, you know, Ravens podcast work, man. He's well-known, man. He's been on uh, Engraving Vids, uh, um, Kevin Ostriker show, a Locked on Ravens, man. The one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kim McCusick. Did I say that right, Kim? Uh, close enough, but thanks for having <laughs> me on, Justin. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh, his links are in the description, and I'm going to go ahead and let him tell him a little, tell, you know, get into more about, you know, what, what he's got going on. I am at Film Study Ravens on Twitter. If you want to find me there, my website is filmstudybaltimore.com. Uh, you'll find a lot of uh, very heavy content podcasts, meaning it's very technical. Uh, some people like it, some people don't. But if you're into that kind of thing, you, you know, you, it's it's something you could uh, get used to over time. Offensive line scoring is kind of my my signature thing that I do every week. Uh, also do a lot of analysis of the defense in in various ways in terms of the packages and and what they run. Yeah, man, great stuff. I've listened to a few of his um, podcast episodes. It's good stuff, man. Uh, he has uh, various, you know, legends like Jonathan Ogden. He you break down with so former players. It, it's definitely, definitely check it out, man. Ken, 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 Ken knows what he's talking about. But before we get into all the football stuff, let's just give our thoughts and prayers to Demar Hamlin and his family and the Bills organization. It's been some good news. He says uh, responsive. You know, he uh, is able to you know grab his loved one's hands and you know. And he also wrote a note asking who won the game. So that's this that's a great, great news. I know that's been on everybody's mind and hearts. So, you know, I just wanted to say that before we get into the actual football stuff. And and he only had to write a note because they, they had a breathing tube in him. So it's not like he can only communicate by writing at this point, which would be that potentially could be a problem too. But uh, it is very good news in terms of him asking about the result of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, y'all keep you know keep keep his family and Bills organization. Keep them in your prayers, you know, dog and day. All right, um, week eighteen. Uh, you know, both teams have clinched the playoff spot. Uh, essentially, we probably can't win the North now due to the postponement or the canceling of the game, which is okay. Nobody, you know, nobody's really uh talking about that due to the current events we just explained. But uh, just going into this matchup, uh, just give me your thoughts on like. How 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 is the Ravens going to play this? Like by by both teams having the playoff playoff season, do we sit guys? Do we play them? Like what's what's the what's the move here in, in your eyes from from John Harbaugh? I, I might be behind you a little bit in terms of what I know. Has has there been an official announcement by the NFL the game the Bills and Bengals will not be resumed, or is the the speculation I saw on Twitter uh, this morning? So don't quote me on this. From what I saw, check this uh, Twitter thing said it's, it's going to be too hard to make that game up with. With the week 18 and then the playoffs, so from what I saw, yeah, yeah, they just want to go in and just cancel it. From what I, from what I saw, okay. Well, if that's the case, and certainly the Ravens, uh, it's only fair that the Ravens and the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, for that matter, know what's going on before the games are played this weekend. Uh, I, I, my view of it was that that if the if the Chiefs had won on Saturday that it would probably force the NFL to reschedule the game and have the alternating AFC-NFC playoff weeks we talked about right. that would make that the, the, the Bengals and, and Bills game be one that would be played 
during the NFC playoff week, the NFC wildcard week. And I thought that would have been a really good solution. Gives the, gives the NFL five straight weeks of playoffs, which is really nice for TV. Um, and, and, you know, for a lot of reasons, it would be, it, I think it would be good for the league uh, to do it that way. Also, there's a lot of value to completing seasons that you're playing uh, and, and, you know, be able to say, Hey, we played every game as scheduled for, you know, 54 years or, you know, however long it might be. Um, to be able to do that is a, is a very positive thing. But uh, obviously these circumstances are, are we're on uncharted territory here. Uh, it was completely appropriate to suspend that game when they did. I think we can agree on that, Justin, right? Yeah. So now we just have to deal with what happens. And, you know, given the disruption, there's always going to be winners and losers. And I think this is not the time to worry about whether your team is a loser or not, whether you're a Ravens fan or even whether you're a Buffalo fan and you, and you might have lost the most. Uh, this is a, uh, this is a time to worry about, uh, you know, just, just making the best of a bad situation, moving on from here and trying to do it. And it does mean the Ravens have probably lost their chance for a, for a home playoff game. And I think this weekend, it probably does change, um, how the Ravens approach this game. I think they'll sit a lot of players, despite what John Harbaugh says. I think that Tyler Huntley is likely to sit, um, now probably will be the backup for the game, but I expect Anthony Brown to get significant playing time in this game. Uh, the, the collection of injuries to Huntley has been pretty significant. And as much as he's not the perfect answer, they need him for the rest of the playoffs. So uh, however long that is. Uh, and, and I think that they'll want to make sure he's preserved. Other players like Campbell and Peters, I think there's a reduced chance that they'll return this week. Uh, I don't see any chance that Lamar Jackson returns this week. Uh, so we're, we're uh, left still in a little bit of a holding pattern with that. But uh, that would be my feeling about it is that they'll they'll probably uh, sit a lot of players this week. I agree, Ken, because like, like you said, because uh, essentially now it's a meaningless game for both teams. The Bengals are going to be pinched in as the North champions. Uh, the Ravens, you know, uh, only thing we can do is move up to the five or to the six. You know, at this point, you know, would, would, it, would, would it matter? Probably so. Yeah, we'll probably go to go see Jacksonville, you know, see a first, you know, Rookie, uh, first time quarterback in the playoffs. Okay, see, rookie, excuse me. Um, <laughs> or you know, versus saying the Bengals again back back week. Somebody who's familiar with us. So if you want to look at it from that aspect, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, like you said, due to the circumstances, it's just you know, it's just we all let the chips fall where they may right now. And I agree with you. I think Tyler Huntley's going to you know, get, you know, they're going to rest him like you said because he he's definitely going to be pivotal. Because like I said, Lamar. You know, I'm, we all can assume he's going to be back for the playoffs. We don't know for sure. Like, we um, we haven't got any, you know, headlines or we haven't talked to any doctors or any, anything. So, right now, we can do a speculate he'll be ready. So, mm-hmm. we definitely need Hartley, you know, and, you know, for the playoffs regardless. Like I said, Lamar is his, it's his, it's his show again. Like you said, then uh, Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters, those guys, you know, about him being older. So, you know, they're going to need that extra week to rest, you know, because, you know, you get older at the certain age, injuries tend to linger a little longer. Uh, I just want to see how they're going to do with the running backs with J.K. and Gus, you know, by them both coming off injuries and getting injured again, you know, with stuff like that. How they're going to monitor their carries and their playing time. Uh, is, will we see Kenyon Drake back? I mean, I'm seeing him in a couple weeks. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's in Doug House. I don't you, you probably would know a little bit, bit more bit more of that. I'm not aware that he's he's hurt. I think he's been a healthy scratch, and he's a guy who who definitely could be used this week, no doubt about it. And Justice Hill in for 17 snaps this last week, didn't get a single touch. I, I thought that was probably a mistake. 
in terms of you know him being a guy who could help the Ravens on the outside, whether it means a, you know a, a short pass or a, or a run out of jet motion or whatever it might have been. Um, yeah, that was that was probably a missed opportunity. Uh, I think it's a, it's a both Edwards and Dobbins. There's been evidence that they're not at a hundred percent. Maybe I'd say that less about Edwards. Dobbins lost left a lot of yards on the field, so I think having him as well as he's played, he's been unbelievable. I think he cuts at the line of scrimmage, and the first ten yards of every run look fantastic. I, I'd still say his long speed is not where it needs to be, and if he if he could sit another week, it'd be a good thing. I totally agree because, like you said, we're going to need them in the playoffs, especially since the passing game hasn't been up to par to our liking. So we're definitely going to have this going. To, we're going to have to have a game like we had against the Patriots in 2009 when we went in there. Ray Rice busted a long touchdown run, then the defense played phenomenal. Uh, Joe didn't really do much that game. He had like 40 or 50 yards passing to my to my regular. Ten pat. He was four of ten for 39 yards in that game. Absolutely, so. I was in the right ballpark. Yeah, so I. Really, dominated the game, the run game. So that's how we're going to have to play. Can we win a Super Bowl playing like that? Probably not because the game is more advanced and the rule changes and stuff like that. So you're going to have to at least – you're going to have to throw the football to have some success in the postseason as we as we see it now and before. So we're going to – we'll see how that goes for us, play calling and stuff like that. We all know Greg Roman, he's not been on – he's been on everybody's, you know, <laughs> naughty list for us that mm-hmm. so you know we de- I can definitely see them resting some guys and just getting the guy, the younger guys like Anthony Brown all them guys reps so you know that would have had some experience for Wait, Justin what do you think about the notion that you know bringing Brown in is not only an opportunity in week 18 but also an audition for a possible playoff uh, uh, push if t- to me I, I'll, I'll, I'll go first here and let you compose you know as you're, as you're thinking but if Huntley, if they can't trust Huntley to go after some play action throws, is that with the Steelers playing these massive jumbo fronts against them in the last game, I, you know, he, it's time to move on. It has to be a different quarterback uh, doing it. Now, some of that's play calling, but honestly, I think it's the play calling really came down to, to trust in Huntley to reacquire the field after turning his back to it. Um, don't know where Brown is exactly with play action, but in the preseason, he certainly looks like he has a big arm and a fairly accurate arm down the field. I completely agree, agree Ken. I watched him at Oregon. Uh, he definitely can, can fling it. Like you said, the preseason, man, Demarcus Robinson, first game here, he had a monster game, and Anthony Brown was throwing the ball to him. It's preseason, I get it. You're going against guys who are probably not going to be on the team, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Still, the, you, know, we, you know, some – some 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 productivity is better than nothing. So we've seen he can spin it when he need to. And I've been setting with Lamar get down. I, I said it myself. I said I'd rather go with Anthony Brown. Tyler Huntley shows some flashes, and now that teams have film on him, they know how to defend him. Like is he can't throw the he in my opinion, he can't push the ball more than ten yards down the field. So it's like that's why Mark Andrews is always like getting at them. He's like, hey man, throw the ball. I'm open. I'm open. Like. And then finally Sunday, he you know that was his best game throwing to Mark Andrews. But I completely agree, Ken. I said go ahead and let Anthony Brown play and see what you got. That it can't be no worse than what Tyler Hunt did. Yeah, I mean, it, and and you you know, hope for some variance. You hope for for a, a player who could really help you out there. But uh, the Ravens are going to have to. I mean, as much as people I know are are on Greg Roman right now, and I don't think there's any chance he'll be back with the Ravens next year uh, for for a number of reasons. It's it's you know it's a complex political thing where Harbaugh would really have to put all his chips in the pile to keep him, I think, uh, in the pot, I'd say. Um, but 
beyond that, the Ravens you know, have had a very good offensive coordinator here for several years who's overseen this Jackson area. People, I hope people, one, appreciate how good Roman was in terms of leading that 2019 offense and the 20 offense as well. But, but beyond that, the Ravens need Greg Roman to get them through any playoff run they might be able to make that combines what they can do offensively with this team as a running game and who, you know, who they are defensively and, and their opportunity to create, you know, any kind of an opportunity win on that side of the ball. Great. Let's talk about these wide receivers of ours. Uh, what are your expectations for them? Not only for week 18, more so heading to the playoffs. Um, you know, I'd like to see Deshaun Jackson do some meaningful field stretching. I think for that to happen, you know, you can't have the opponent saying, um, I, I, I don't think you can throw it to him anyway. So I'm going to, we're going to put man coverage on him and, you know, you, you do the best you can. I, I think Deshaun Jackson needs to be able to draw the safety's attention to be of really use, make use, make room underneath level two and three for, for the, uh, tight ends on this team. Um, Isaiah likely and, you know, likely Kolar, um, all four of them, really, um, uh, Andrews and, uh, Oliver all should be able to go off if the, if the you know, speedy receivers are doing what they need to do. Watkins is not that kind of a receiver. He's not going to take the top off the defense. So it really has to be Deshaun Jackson. And there's a real question about how many snaps he could play and be effective in a, in a game. I agree. Like you said, um, Sean Jackson, yeah, he's a little longer than a two, 36 years old, but he's still shown he can get behind DB still, at, you know, even at his you know elder age. Take some shots, you know. If nothing else, teams are going to back up and not load the box with nine or ten man fronts because they coming in, we got to stop the run. That's what the Ravens are going to try to get off the bus running the football, so we got to negate that. When you take shots that are failed, it now it backs guys up. It backs those safeties and corners up. Now they give J.K. Gus and Justice Hill and even King and Great when he's whenever they use him running lane. So, yeah, I agree. And then you got to like say you got uh, and Andy Isabella, another guy who's a fast guy. You can use him same way you use Devin Dubin in jet sweep, quick screens. You could take three shots to him as well. And then, like you said, you got Sammy Watkins, uh, savvy vet. He's not a super burner, but he can get deep if you if you if you if you don't account for him. We've seen it against the Falcons guy against the Falcons, that big 40 yard catch. And then like you said, you got um James Prochet, the slot guy, he can get open. It just it's just a matter of just opportunities. Like if you keep going with these heavy personnel, three tight ends, one receiver, it's like it shrinks, it shrinks everything for us. And now oh yeah, it makes it easy to defend. I we need to see more two and three wide receiver sets, man. Just spread the field open a little bit more. Everything is too tight and condensed. The Ravens are a point of attack football team. So, you know, they, they, this this weekend they got the ultimate all-in call from the Steelers because every time they put 22 on the field, there were maybe maybe one or two exceptions. The Steelers responded with a um, 6-2-3 defense effectively. Four down linemen, two outside linebackers, all at the line of scrimmage, two inside linebackers, and then only three defensive backs. There's no National Football League team that uses that defense in anything but goal line situations typically. Goal line and short yardage. They don't do it on first down. And and the 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 there are exceptions to that. I should be careful here. They'll do it if you're if they know the other team has to run the ball to maintain a lead. So if if they're in the final six minutes of a football game, yeah, you might see that that either six two three or four four three, whatever you want to call it. Um, in, in a game to try and stop you, but it's just, it's a very unusual defense, and it was the it's a 
I've never in 50 years of watching football relative to the football of the era, I've never seen more of an extreme run prevention defense presented by any team. It's just, it's, it was the strangest thing I think I've ever seen for them to come out in jumbo on first down to start the game. Yeah. 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 I, I basically say they're playing, they're playing us and a pot one or defense. Like that's mm-hmm. the, directly I've been coaching direct football for a long time so those are defenses you see you know those in those levels of football like you don't see nobody playing in the NFL like you said besides mm-hmm. goal line, or besides like if you know like you just said team time run the ball or run the clock out to maintain the lead like then it should click on a Greg Roman man let me spread them out and throw the football or if you want to run the ball spread them out the least take the outside linebackers off the box and create running lanes, but when you come out with three tight ends and one receiver, you're playing to the strength of the defense because there's only one receiver out there. You only got three. You got three DBs, so it's like you you you're you're running into a brick wall. Like you have to be able to spread the field open to give your guys a chance to make plays. So I completely agree. It was definitely unorthodox and weird to see that. I was like, man, they just it was something like the Chargers did Lamar's rookie year when they had yes. Derwin James and all them playing linebacker the whole entire game, just sitting on the run. Then second half, you know, of course, while I was being down, then they went into, um, you know, two-minute pass, then we got ourselves back into the game a little bit. But yeah, we, have, we have to open up the offense. Very similar game, and even though very different strategy, because the Chargers went light. They went with seven DBs to stop Lamar in that 2018 playoff game. And, uh, you know, this game, it's the Steelers went super heavy, and they even – you know they've got two high round draft pick inside linebackers on the on the team, Devin Bush and Miles Jack. They took them off the field. Those guys played five and six snaps. Uh, you know, and and they they played a couple of run defending inside linebackers in Robinson and Spillane. Yeah, so really a, 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 a just an a unfathomable, unexpected thing. Harbaugh said some things about they, you know, they expected to see this run. Well, no, they didn't. If they if they did, they would have had a good reaction for it. <laughs> so so they would have if it had play action. You know, that one thing that that I've hypothesized might have been a good choice would be to put Ben Cleveland on the field as a sixth offensive lineman. Cleveland destroyed their their guys and Cam Hayward some in the game and he's you know he's their best lineman obviously um but put him on as a sixth offensive lineman whether you have to tuck him inside the tackle or play him on the outside and let him punish this a a little bit or you go to play action and you you use your tight ends which are your biggest assets anyway open up the middle of the field um with with the you know turning your back and and uh and, and Going with play action, and, and you're going to have all kinds of passing opportunities. But either way, they go staying with what they had didn't really make a lot of sense. And the notion that they they saw it coming all the way uh, is just complete crap based on the response they gave. I completely agree. Like you got to, uh, <clears throat> if you want to play action, go over the top. Like I said, you got the Marcus Robinson who's been solid. Uh, you, you could if he's one on one, take your shot to him, man. But you just can't just keep running into a brick wall. It's, it's not good. All right, let's talk about this defensive line play. You know, uh, but more so, like I said, I know week 18 is really, it's basically, it's, it's both teams are in. You're going to see a lot of them starters rested. That's more so just geared this towards the playoffs. How do you think they're going to hold up in a run at the same getting bullied against Pittsburgh? Um, 
Pittsburgh did a lot of things to establish the run that were very specific in this game. And and honestly, they did a good job of, I think, confusing McDonald in terms of what he could he could try and do. But they played a, some pony backfield, were very effective with that, with Warren um, being used in, in jet motion. He, so he was effective on those plays. Um, we saw Najee Harris be as effective as he's ever been against the Ravens in this game, very patient running. Um, they used a lot of the Ravens techniques to use combination blocks on the inside. Uh, they got up very effectively blocked whoever they wanted. I, I, I have a list in the article. I'll just plug this really quickly. When I go to the defensive article, this is the kind of thing you get a list of the 15, um, runs the Steelers had of six plus yards and exactly who got blocked as the key lead blocks on those plays. And what you find out is it's, it's a whole bunch of different people. But it wasn't a lot of blocks on the edge on Adafi Owe in particular. He did he did not get named. Matabike's in there like seven times. Other players are in there a number of times. The people you would expect who play a lot of snaps on rundowns, and basically all of them got beat. None of them had a wartless game in terms of of what happened there. Um, but but it was a lot of uh, did a lot of little things very well. One of the things they did is something I, I'd like to see more out of the Ravens is. On a third and one play, they played hurry up. They got to the line of scrimmage. The Ravens had a nickel defense on the field with only two down linemen. And they went ahead and ran a quarterback sneak before the Ravens could change personnel. That's the kind of thing you, 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 the Ravens need to be able to do, uh, which means with with whoever their quarterback is, get that play in quickly, get to the line of scrimmage quickly, and then you know run what you're going to run without letting the opponent change. I agree. Like I said, yeah. The, the you know D line where you can tell they're missing Calais Campbell like I get his numbers mm-hmm. I, I think he's not the pass rush he once was but he's still is uh, asset in stopping the run man you know mm-hmm. especially the run things uh, Justin Matabike's playing his butt off for the most part uh, Roger Washington has gotten better you know Travis Jones playing more snaps and Brent Urban's you know is getting more playing time but Pittsburgh basically just played old school football said man man on a man. We're getting you off the ball. Then they got to the second level and got their hands on the linebacker. That's why you're saying so many big runs. Like, So it's hard for a linebacker to make a tackle when the guard is in his face every single mm-hmm. play. <laughs> you know, every linebacker hates seeing offensive linemen come second level. Like, it just makes your job completely different. And like you said, they kept rotating Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. You know, he was getting catches on about the backfield, stuff like that. That, that also hurt us, like, on third down. But me personally – uh. Jacksonville, they run. I don't know if they run. That's who I would rather uh, see, see, to be honest. I don't know if they run the football as well as anybody do. Trevor Etienne is definitely is a stud. But I think we'll be okay against them versus a, like a Cincinnati or somebody like that with Joe Mixon and stuff like that. But we, got, we definitely got to clean up this run defense. Yeah, uh, very, very concerned but that you know other teams now know from what Pittsburgh has shown them is that there's a blueprint on the table for, for how to beat the Ravens in terms of the uh, the run game on offense, but also uh, how to beat the uh, uh, beat the Ravens defensively by by playing very heavy fronts, and they can't really do anything against it. All right, um, the edge rushers heading into the playoffs. Just give me your thoughts and expectations on those guys. I mean, it's it is a good group. Um, generally speaking, I mean, they, they, the Ravens have done well at that position. It's been a good enough group that David Ajabo has been kept, you know, on the inactive list for most of the season. I've just been in for one snap now on defense. We'll see. Mo- I'm pretty sure we'll see more of him in, in week 18 here. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a group that that is one of the real strengths of the team. And it started the season as one of the real weaknesses without without Bowser. They were having to play away at Sam linebacker. He was a fish out of water there. 
and uh, uh, you know, playing both OA and Houston a tremendous number of snaps with whoever else they could get healthy on a game-by-game basis. And you know, the, the, the names of the players are going to be some of the most obscure Ravens of all time, the Copeland and Ada Ochu and uh, Devon Kennard and all, all these, these people who made a, an appearance for the Ravens this year are some of the real obscure Ravens in history. I agree. Like you said, uh, now it's more that beginning of the year. It was we were thin there. It was on a Daffio way. Uh, who else we had out there? Um, before we got JPP, we had Daffio way. We had uh, we had like three guys active. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, OA Houston and 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 oftentimes it was one no name. Stephen Means, Ada Ochu, you know all these guys. So we basically had little to no depth. Now we getting it now. JPP is adding now. You get the buff, God. Like you said, now uh, Jabos back, Bowles is back. The pass rush has been a little bit better. But Sunday, Kenny Pickett, you know, I think he maybe got sacked maybe one time on a blitz. But Kenny Pickett, when I kept saying Kenny Pickett roll out every time I'm Kenny, nobody was putting him on the ground. It was like that's a problem for me. Like at least force him to, to, to make some air throws. He just was saying like he was comfortable the whole night, in my opinion. And that could be a problem going against Trevor against any of the quarterbacks in the playoffs. Because now in the playoffs, you're playing the best of the best quarterbacks. You're not going to play uh, Desmond Ritter and those, you know, rookies or backup guys. You're going to play Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. So we definitely got to get home, man. Because it makes everybody's job easier. And then the secondary, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. Man, I'm gonna sit there and cover guys for ten and twelve seconds. So definitely, got they got to win their one-on-one matchups. Yeah, it, it's I I agree. Pick the game with Pickett. Uh, he didn't really play that well overall. The other thing, yeah, statistically, but 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 what really was bothersome is that when the Ravens were were winning uh, in terms of pressure, they would force him to roll left, and he still made some really good throws rolling left. And you know, if, if fans of Joe Flacco, fans of of the Ravens in general, um, understand and appreciate the difference between what Flacco gives you and what Jackson gives you when when forced to roll left. Now, no right-handed quarterback likes to do it, generally speaking, because you got you got to throw back. you got almost no leverage to get your throw off properly, and you have to reset your feet. Well, if you're Jackson, you're quick enough to do it. If you're Mahomes, you turn your body and you work magic. If, if you're Joe Flacco, you, you, you move around like Frankenstein, and you better just throw the ball out of bounds at that point. And, and with Pickett, I, I really hope that you know flushing him left would have made a big difference, but it didn't in this game. He had some big throws. After rolling left, which including the the uh, the one that really won the game, yeah, it was the one that won the game. The touchdown pass that won the game was a ten yard throw after Jason Jason Pierre Paul missed the sack and he rolled left. Yeah, yeah, he had him did the right, you know. Uh, Kenny got out hit Najee Harris for a touchdown. I was like, I was there. I was like, oh my god, yeah. I was like, yeah, but this is not good going into the postseason. Uh, let's talk about the linebackers. Just you know, and Roquan Smith. This core has looked a lot, lot better. Just give me just your expectations on those guys heading into heading into January football, as we all know. Strength of the team, you know, they've they've got to you know hope that 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 can carry them in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, Queen is very important to this team as the as the one guy who can generate a lot of quick pressure, and they're going to need to start with some of that. The Ravens are an excellent cleanup team in terms of sacks, and I think that you know getting queen in there uh, to, to blitz as often as possible is probably good. Obviously doesn't, it's also a factor that queen's coverage abilities are still not the, the, the best of the linebackers. Roquan's been a great downhill player. He's been in the right gap at the right time. And uh, we got to see that continue as well. So 
they're, they're, you know, that's the strength of the team right now. It's a lot of people would say it's not really the right way to go in terms of how you build your franchise, be paying a ton of money at inside linebacker, but that's what they have right now. And they got to leverage that into something if they're going to make a playoff run of any sort. I agree, Ken. Outside of Sunday, they have been playing very well. Sunday, like you said, by the defensive line getting manhandled, I mean, it made their jobs hard. So, you know, you've seen a lot of big runs. But like I said, Roquan still was making tackles. Queen, my thing with Queen is he just played a little too fast. Like he over-pursues, you know, mm-hmm. you know, runs coming off the edge and stuff like that instead of just, you know, just strafing it, just coming down, just making a tackle. And then pass coverage. He need to get more depth on his drop. Like every time he drops into drop into his zone, he's he stops like about a yard or two short where he's supposed to be at, and I'm giving him a big catch. Whereas if he just go to Zach where he be at, he'll get an interception, like he did against the Steelers and Bengals. Like Queen could have easily had like seven interceptions. Just he dropped both three, and the other four it just was him not getting enough getting enough depth on his drop. But yeah, he said they are they are the harder to sold the team as of right now. But like you said, um, you know, then Blitz and Roquan and Blitz and Queen, that has been a little successful for us. But overall, I think they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Okay. Well, that's uh, – uh, yeah, Queen Queen in coverage, uh, just his awareness behind him is still not where I'd like it to be. And I love the the, the steps forward the Queen has taken this year, the, the symbiotic relationship he seems to have with uh with Roquan is tremendous and you know he had some of that with Josh Bynes last year when he when he had a a spurt of good play in the middle of the year but at some point he either has to be the guy in Baltimore or I think they have to move on from him after year five they'll I'm sure they'll give him the 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 fifth year option but uh then I think they they might have to move on from him if they're going to stay with Roquan because they can't spend all the money at that position agreed and you got guys like Malik Harrison that's right there that can fill in stuff for cheap so yeah I agree uh, the secondary, uh, just, you know, your expectations of them heading to the postseason. We're a little thin there, no Marcus Peters. Jalen Norman Davis is on IR, you know, a uh, couple of safeties are a little nicked up. So just give me your thoughts on the, on the secondary heading to the postseason. Uh, very good at three positions. I, I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with Clark, very comfortable with Williams, very comfortable with, with Humphrey. Uh, I think that other teams have started to exploit who Hamilton is in the slot. And I really like Hamilton. I mean, I think he's, if it weren't for him, this team would might have fallen apart defensively in the second half. Even though, you know, without uh, without a slot corner, um, and he, they tried everything, a whole bunch of things didn't work in terms of putting Pepe there, um, trying Jalen Armour Davis on the outside, moving Humphrey into the slot, and using Brandon Williams in the outside and moving Humphrey into the slot. None of those things worked or optimized the situation at all. So they finally went to a guy who has non-optimal slot cornerback skills, but can still provide you value in different ways from slot corner. And I, I've been very happy with it. Um, but Brandon Stevens had a really good game, too, in fact, in a row now uh, against the Steelers and the Falcons, where I think that um, you know he's he's a guy who they really have to get something out of that in the playoffs if they're going to if they're going to keep pace with teams like the Bengals or the Chiefs or whoever else is throwing the football, the Bills, um, they're going to need to get a big postseason out of him uh, if if they're going to be there. And 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 Peters uh, w- will be hopefully back on the field at that outside spot, uh, but that may also mean that 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 they go back to Brandon Stevens replacing Humphrey at right corner with Humphrey moving back to the slot. They may do that. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly how they'll play it if Stevens continues to play well this week, for example. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, kid. Um, Kyle Hamilton uh, has gotten better each week. At the beginning of the year, you know, especially the Miami games, lost, you know, him and Jalen Armand Davis, two rookies, they, you know, they didn't know bad communication. So Tyreek Hill ended up just running past them for 60 and 70 yard touchdowns. But after that, they grad the secondary gradually got better. Uh, like I said, more playing experience for Kyle Hamilton has helped him a lot. Now he's moving around in slot corners, playing a nickel linebacker, and he's playing deep at times. So you know, like you know, he's getting more comfortable. And Chuck Clark, you know, uh, you know, the the, the savvy vet, you know, wears the green dot. He's all over the place, coming up, breaking up passes, coming down, making tackles. He hasn't had an interception yet, you know. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's not taking the ball away. But everybody else is. Marcus Williams has about five, six interceptions with missing four or five games. So he could be leading the league right now. Marlon Humphrey has been playing, you know, uh, playing, you know, Stella. Outside of George Pickens getting a couple of big catches on, which is gonna happen. This is the NFL. So you wanna you're gonna lose some battles. But other than that, he hasn't given up a touchdown. Peters, like I said, uh, hopefully he can come back and be relatively healthy because he's gonna help us out a lot. Now you can move Marlon, excuse me, move him to the slot, you know, move him around and match up with different guys. Brandon Stevens has gotten a little better. He, I, I still worry about him being handsies at mm-hmm. the top, at the top of the, his receivers' routes. So he's been getting called a little bit with that, and I want to see more out of Demary and Pepe Williams. But I felt like we should have grabbed the corner before the uh, before the uh, you know trade deadline. You know, pick somebody up or trade it for a veteran that's on the team that's not competing. Because it's just out depth there. We all they always say we got good depth there, which we start off with. And then, as you know, Ken during the year, we're now in the three corners because they got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. So it's that position has always been like a up and down situation for us. So I, I think I think if we just come back and healthy, I think we're we'll be a we'll be a solid group. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I certainly hope so. And I, I I think they'll start the playoffs. I do think they're gonna start with Hamilton still at slot corner, but depending on on how that goes, I think we could see Humphrey moving back to the slot with Stevens on the outside. It's just, it's a difficult situation to deal with. One of the things that kind of restricts their options where they have good players is having two inside linebackers they want on the field for every play. So that that makes them a committed nickel team. It means that they're, the only real defense they have for pass plays is some form of nickel. Now they've taken, Queen was off the field for four snaps this last week. But they don't really play a dimeback anymore. Dimeback replaces your weak side linebacker on a passing down as your sixth defensive back. Hamilton would be would be okay with that. Clark has already been great at that in his career. So I'd put him back there and put Hamilton on the back end as part of cover two. And the other guy who, who we seem to have forgotten about in the secondary, but had a great year is Geno Stone. I don't know what this team would have done without him replacing Marcus Williams for the weeks he was out. Yeah, he played pretty well. Uh, yeah, he definitely, you know, coming up in the run game, making tackles, uh, had his hands on a couple balls. He didn't, you know, he dropped it, but he's just he was in his right spot. He got to his landmark. He wasn't cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, he beat over the top. So yeah, I definitely, Gino has been a good utility player for us. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up with special teams, and we'll let you go, Ken. Ken, I know you got some things going on later on with the Mizzes. Uh, just give me a thoughts on special teams just hitting into the playoff. We know Justin Tucker is, is a god, but as of late. Field goals have been getting blocked and et cetera and stuff like that. So just give me just your thoughts on that on that on that unit and into the postseason. 
Now they're asking a lot of Tucker in terms of the distance they're asking him to make kicks for, and they they're leaning on him very heavily. And you know, longer kicks tend to be lower kicks. Lower kicks tend to be more likely to be blocked. That I I'm not really concerned about his field goal percentage this year being as low as it's been, but uh, uh, I would like to see the Ravens rely on him less by converting a few more red zone opportunities and converting some of these 57 yard kicks into 43 yard kicks so they don't have to be you know line drives. It's uh it's an unfortunate situation. Let me go through the rest of the special teams real quick while we're doing it. Sure, sure. Why not? Okay. So I, I think we've seen improvement from Stout, um, but he, we need to see something from him in terms of the in 10 capabilities we saw from college. During his last year at college on punts between the 30s, he had 53% of his punts ended up in 10. Uh, that, that's remarkable. Obviously, that has not continued at the NFL level. We've seen the big foot at times, but we haven't really seen the the kind of uh, cook foot where he could uh, deaden the ball inside the 10-yard line. We really need to see more of that. Um, and and I, I, it's good to see Justice Hill return a kick the way he did without Duvernay. Uh, he's important in, in, in terms of the playoffs. I don't know what they'll get out of the out of the punt return game. I think it's been Prochet returning recently, right? He's been the yeah. So um, don't know what they'll get exactly out of that, but they, they need to get something out of special teams. The funny thing is, and this is, I'd like to get your opinion on this, Justin, but they go into this, this postseason, a team that really wants to run the ball and can't pass the ball, it appears. If, if that's the case and Lamar can't play in the postseason, my feeling, they'd be better off going to a place like Buffalo or Kansas City and playing in a snow game, which would really force it to be a run game for both sides, take the pass away from both teams, even though they'd lose one of their big assets in Tucker being able to make long field goals if there's a lot of wind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like it's like one of those styles make matchup type thing. And the weather would play its our hand because we're, you know, we're one of the best rushing teams in the league. Uh, teams like the Chiefs and Bills don't run the football as much, with them, you know. So it'll definitely play in tough thing. But like you just said, now we got to ask Justin Tucker to nail a field goal in, in, in harsh conditions. That could be an issue. Like we've seen, uh, what, two years ago when we went up to Buffalo and it was windy. Mm-hmm. The game 17-3, we know he's the all through the pick six. But if Tucker nails the field goals because of the win, it's a whole different ball game. You know, it was yeah. at least about nine points, I want to say, Kenneth, correct me if I'm wrong, that we could have had extra on the scoreboard, you know, due to the win. Yeah, it, it, that game was a was a big windy game. The year before in Buffalo during the regular season, also a very windy game that kind of reduced Josh Allen's ability, which I thought helped. Uh, the Ravens had it seemingly in hand, but they ended up winning on a, a on a final fourth down stop by Marcus Peters. But uh, yeah, it was, it, I, I, those are good. Both good examples. So is that super cold game that you mentioned earlier, the two thousand nine uh, playoff game against the against New England. That day was as cold as any as I've ever felt in football and. Uh, they ran the ball 52 times. They ran. They passed at 10 that day, and that was a it was a great game, a great opportunity to win a playoff game uh, with the strength of the team being the offensive line at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we can probably have a game like that. I don't know if we if we can do that every week. Mm-hmm. But I think at least at least this first round we can catch somebody like a Jacksonville. Like I said, they haven't been in the playoffs in a in the five years, and majority of the guys on that team are gone. So it's basically a new body. So we can catch them slipping. But then the following round, if we were to win that, it just scares me. Like, can we play that type of style to beat a KC or Buffalo or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the high-power teams? That would, that would be my, you know, my concern. But, like, uh, overall special teams has been pretty good outside of a couple blocks and stuff like that. Like, so we got the big return from Justice Hill. 
and then we can't get ten yards to just to get yep. a field range. To get, if we get three points, if Pickett goes down and throw that touchdown, we can come back and kick a game winner like we did against Cincinnati. So it was just like they do, they're doing there and they're holding that in the box. And like James Prochet, I like him. I don't think he need to return punts. He doesn't have to wiggle. I honestly, I think it should be uh, Deshaun Jackson. Or Andy Isabella, somebody with a little bit more speed and a little bit more pop that can bust it open, you know, because field position is going to be critical, especially with the lack of productivity coming from the offense. So we're going to need good returns to set them up on a short field. Is there both good choices in terms of uh, having a dangerous return man? I like that. Yeah, because somebody got some speed. Like, Prochet is a good guy, but he don't have to wiggle. Love to see it. I, 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 Sean Jackson is the one who returned the punt against the Giants to to have them lose a lose a game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was 2010. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. So he has experience with that. So I I, I think that gives us a little field position is going to be key moving into the playoff. We got you know because like I said, we don't have an offense that can just move up and down the field and score points. Yep. So, Thank you, Ken, man. This has been fun, man. We'll definitely do this again. Uh, I, I want to definitely come on you guys' show and, you know, and, and you know, bless my presence there. I'll go check Ken out. Like I say, he's on uh, Twitter, you know, uh, Film Study Ravens. Uh, you know, uh, you have a YouTube channel, Ken? I, I do have a YouTube channel, but we don't put all our shows out on YouTube like you do. We're, we're primarily a podcast. Okay, yeah, we we'll definitely go check those guys out. I believe they're on Apple and all that stuff like that. So, you know, the good good football content, man. So, you know, thanks again, Ken, man. Anything you want to say before we wrap it up? No, good, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity and uh, always fun to talk football. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Ken. So y'all can check this out. Like I said, you know, if you weren't watching live, the playback on YouTube. And then, like I said, all the audio version is in the description. You know, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, everything's listed for you. So go ahead and check that out. Everyone have an amazing, amazing Thursday. Like I said, continue to keep the Hamlin family and the Bills family in your prayers. Like I said, we're just getting some good updates. We'll just keep, you know, keep the good thoughts and good spirits going on. But that's it for episode 26 from your host, Justin P. And my co-host, Mr. Ken McCusick. So how do you pronounce your name, Ken? I want to make sure I say this. McCusick. McCusick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so um, you guys be blessed. Have an amazing wild Thursday. Make sure you guys trade. That means talking to Ravens all day, every day. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you guys Tuesday, do a recap of week 18 and do a preview of the uh, first round wild card. Love y'all. Be safe in the mouth.